0: Only at Sleep Number Stores or sleepnumber.com. How tell
1: The phone is That's the second time it's gone They Never go
2: home. They never go home. They never go home those those boys.
3: And I said, I want to win the league, but I want to win it better. You can understand
2: that, can't you? Yes. Good luck. So he's almost like having a second captain in the team. Mm. <sighs> second captain, first captain, whatever.
0: Hello and welcome to a Bank Holiday Monday Irish Times Second Captain's Podcast. Owen am and Ken, all here. How do you doing? Hello there, Owen. I'm alright, yeah. Whatever. And
4: congratulations. Ah, oh, thanks, Kieran. Congratulations and well played. I'm not not talking about the marathon. Oh, I'm talking about coming to work after the marathon. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's probably a bigger achievement. Actually, that's what I'm congratulating. Well, there
0: was there was a sign out uh, at around the 21 mile mark. I know you're. I I would imagine you're the type of person, if I know you very well, who would find the signs that (laughs) the signs that fans make uh, around the roadside for the runners to tee them up. I'd say you, you love. For example, there's one. Chuck Norris hasn't run a marathon yet. You know, you'd, I'd say you'd love this kind of thing. Um Crowd is amazing, actually. You're all winners. There's a lot of that. Well, you're you're running better than the government. Edgy political comment there, but oh, yeah. there was one towards the end which I, I quite liked. Uh, Where
4: is our effing podcast?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. There will be wine at the finish line. I thought brilliant. No, there won't for me though, because I'm going straight into the, <laughs> straight into the office and then oh, into huh. the studio. But listen, I'm a proud finisher. It says here that's proud finisher in the back of my.
2: Oh, that's your everyone gets a trophy. Trophy, yeah. yeah can I
0: a... see it? Well, everyone who runs twenty six point two miles today again gets a trophy. So, it's, I mean,
2: <laughs> okay. I mean, it seems to it seems to be made of metal. No, it's a pretty good metal. So it's got. Uh, I guess that must be the Dublin coat of arms: mm-hmm. three castles on a sort of a yeah. That's it's where yeah. three castles wearing, wearing one that's of those the one a battered derby hat, uh, <laughs> yes. this sort of beloved of Irish tramps and punch in the late nineteenth century on top of the castles. SSC Electricity Dublin Marathon twenty fifteen. The Mansion House. Proud finisher I think
1: <laughs> <laughs> It actually well, says
2: that It does yeah And it's got, a, it's got a Kind of a graphic of Dublin On the other side It's got the spire I recognise And I don't remember I don't actually recognise Any of the other things in it. it looks like We've got the Blue Mosque Of Istanbul And a couple of pyramids <laughs> I haven't What are these buildings?
4: Uh, is it the uh, Put your glasses on there yeah, Karen, And have a look at that The Seagulls Is it?
2: We're not um, expecting a medal I don't recognise Oh that's the, the
0: Sipty building
4: the, oh, okay. the Ar- Ireland was that the uh, pyramid
0: was that what you thought the pyramid was there's, there's a couple of pyramids there <laughs>
4: um,
0: the SIP2 building by the way is doing very well to make it into onto a medal I mean it's not it's not the prettiest building on the eye no, Ken no, as Steve Stoughton no. might say
2: Dublin is a city of the mind
4: really
0: that, the than, bridge the, the new bricks?
4: bridge no yeah the new bridge there uh, at the IFSC what's that called not the footbridge. anyway I
0: think is. I've worked out the difference between a proud finisher Ken yeah and an elite runner well certainly in my case
2: yeah about two hours. <laughs> two <laughs> About hours, two hours crazy, yeah.
0: At least. Um, well, the fact that I'm feeling great now, I, I got to You don't end. even look tired, actually. Well, I enjoyed the run immensely. It was probably the most I've enjoyed any of the marathons that I've done. It's my fifth marathon. Right. Three of them in Dublin. And it's also the slowest marathon I've done. Yeah. So, you know, that could be, that there could be a peek into my not particularly steely mindset there, where mm. I'm just a little bit happier taking a few minutes off. There are four, four minutes, just under four hours, five minutes for the marathon nerds out there.
2: Um, so every minute under the four hour mark it just massively decreases your enjoyment on an almost <laughs> logarithmic scale.
0: It appears to, but maybe tomorrow I'll wake up and go, ah, oh, jeez, didn't even make four hours.
2: Ah, no,
4: no. You should be proud of
2: what you've done today. I am.
4: Today.
0: I'm, I'm a proud finisher.
4: Yeah, prou- prouder of this bit, though, than the, mar- than the marathon.
0: You may remember the chat we had this time last year with the winner of the 2014 marathon, Elliot Two, We all remember this, guys.
4: Yes, of course. Mm. If
0: you don't recall the incredib- that, you might recall the incredibly lovely video he sent us a few months later. So Elliot had come in, he told us uh, his coach was a guy called Neil Fleming, uh, one of the guys involved in coaching him, and Neil is an Irish guy who's doing really well over in the US at the University of Indiana. Anyway, long story short, Elliot too ended up over at that university last year, came over to run in Dublin, quite a late entry, actually. Initially, he wasn't in the elite field, uh, he wasn't planning to run it, decided to run it late, wins the whole thing, wins 10,000 euro, comes into us and explains that he's from this massive family, very poverty, very poor in a rural part of uh, of Kenya, not too far from Eton, I think, where a lot of the running goes on. And he was go- telling us he was going home to buy new land for his family, to buy a house for his parents, to put his kids through school, not his kids, his younger brothers through school. And a while later he sent us this video Showing that he had done all these things. His mother was there looking delighted mm-hmm. in a new building. There was a well had been built, all this great stuff. And there were two cows, one named Kennedy. Yeah. And one named Kieran. Ciar- Actually just Kieran, I think. I'm uh, not even sure if it was Ciaran Ciaran Murphy. Murphy.
4: No, I think it was Kieran Murphy. I think it was the full the full names. Um No all my dead. You didn't take it massively well at the time. You didn't done. You threw I your. I thought there was a sack of, of beans or something. That he there
0: was a maze. There was a whole uh, There was said, a whole You said that, maize, yeah.
4: that he'd named a, a sack of maize after poor old. There were many sacks of maize in his new shed that he would built as well. Yeah, Elliot. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've, I, it was one of the great honors, uh, I must say.
0: And we're getting him in today so that I can confront him and why I haven't had a
4: cow named after me. Yeah. He was
0: back running today. Finished fourth today. So unsuccessful in defending his title. He was there, thereabouts, but um, but didn't manage to see through. But uh, we are looking forward to chatting to him today. He's an absolutely lovely guy, actually. Can't wait to see him again. He'll be in here in just a little while. Fair play to him, by the way, for coming in after competing at the elite level in a marathon and talking to us chumps about cows being named after us and such <laughs> topics as that. Some surprisingly big GA news, Murph, uh, given that it is October the 26th. Not exactly a hotbed of mm-hmm. GA stories usually, but David Fitzgerald has dropped a bombshell.
4: David Fitzgerald has hired uh, a new coach for the Clare Hurling team next year. That new coach is Donalogue Cusack, uh, which is, uh, to say from left field, would be, uh, would be doing it a disservice. Why? A disservice um, because they never really got along with each other a whole lot. Um, there is a great story told in Donalogue's book about uh, himself and Davy Fitz playing an in, uh, interprovincial game, uh, so playing for Munster, and uh, they were going to play half each. The management couldn't decide which one of Low, O'Kusik and Davy Fitzgerald were the, was the better keeper. So they said, Davy, you'll play the first half. Don will play the second half. Davy was not amused at this, but eventually, right, that's it. So they're warming up together and they're firing the ball at each other at full pace yeah. for about 20 yards apart. Uh, game starts. Davy plays uh, the first half with 34 minutes of the clock. Uh, half-time whistle just about to be blown. Davy Fitzgerald goes down with injury, <laughs> <laughs> carried off the field, carried off on his shield to be replaced by his second go- choice goalkeeper. Second choice goalkeeper, <laughs> Don Logan. Don, Logue. Logue. <laughs> Don Logue yeah, uh, So I, there is actually uh, uh. it's an, it's amazing. I love that story so much. But uh, there is well, also um, Don Logan
0: a cork man, a very proud cork man. We know yeah. we know this, and he's now going to be coaching a massive rival of Corks in the same province, almost certainly against his native Cork at some stage.
4: Yeah, uh, yeah, and that's obviously huge. There was actually a coda to that story. Uh, Last year, Donalogue wrote uh, an article in the Irish Examiner about uh, Ken McGrath's uh, fundraising game for Ken McGrath, who was recovering from illness at the time. Uh, Davy Fitz and himself were in the dressing room. Uh, They're having a bit of a laugh about this story from... uh, from from that game in Boston, and uh, Davey looks at Don Log. Uh, I don't know how he's taking it. Next thing he says to me, you know, you're the only one who could nearly figure out what, what we were doing last year, last year being 2013. Oh. So maybe, oh, as a TV pundit, yes, yeah, so maybe inspired by Don Log's TV uh, incisive, and it is very good, yeah. incisive TV punditry. And his Sherman articles as well. Will he still I be him able him. to do that? No, he's uh, he's had a chat with RT. He's uh, he's done finished with RT, and Don look is actually leaving the GPA as well. Uh, once he's finished uh, his uh, time, his year as chairman, which is December of this year. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's it's kind of interesting. It's it's uh, it it affects quite a number of different strands of the GA. It does uh, bad it. news there. for almost
2: everybody, apart from Claire, Claire Hurling. Yeah.
0: and uh, I do think it. Is good news for them. I mean, Don Logue... Don Logue is a really, really seriously smart, smart
4: You ...seriously remember- smart. An, an unbelievable uh, communicator. Yeah. Like, a communicator as good as, God, anyone I've met, I think. He's just absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, obviously, there is... <laughs> there, there is quite a bit of potential for this to blow up horribly, you know, in a million different ways, uh, given that you're dealing with two extremely headstrong characters... But uh, for now, I'm going to say it's a pretty interesting, about as interesting an appointment as you could make in October.
0: Simon, do you feel better or worse about Ireland after Argentina's defeat to Australia?
5: I feel better, Owen. I feel better because early tries dictate the whole game from that point on. And it turns out we needn't have been so depressed about Ireland. It's just that stupid early couple of scores. We would have been fine besides that.
0: Yeah. We did have to put a bit of pressure on them to... Yeah, there was a certain amount of pressure Australia put on to create those scores. Is the other
5: argument. yeah? Oh, absolutely. Argentina against us, and then Australia against Argentina had to execute. But ultimately, both us and Argentina completely fluffed yeah. it in the first few minutes. I mean, really, that's an horrific inside pass from Sanchez. There wasn't huge reward if it actually went right. And the the, the Australian guy Rob Simmons, the second row, didn't have to gamble all that much to to take it. It yeah. was basically an Argentina mistake as opposed to.
1: Great Australian play.
0: Jerry Thorny and Shane Horgan are ready to go. Shane, just on that and the importance of those early scores, did it make you feel any different about Ireland's performance?
1: Yeah, I think you have to look at every game in it, on its merits. And um, if you were to go on past history or what other teams in this competition have been doing and uh, rate their chances of success in the next round, uh, based on that, I think you come up short. We've seen some amazing performances from different teams and styles often make matches. And I think that was the case across the two uh, games this weekend. Uh, certainly, um, you think on another another day, Ireland, particularly with a full hand to play from or to pick from, um, that could have been a very different result. But you can only play the team that you have in front of you and you can only play the opposition that are in front of you as well and how they, uh, what performance level they bring. And I think, yes, Argentina started in a completely different manner last week than they did this week. And it was telling. Um, for me as well you could see there was a huge emotional outpouring from that game for Argentina much like we had against France the week before I think that took a toll I think we have to be you have to be aware of that now because it, we, we see it more and more often that these emotional performances uh, do take a lot out of teams as well as the, the physical side of things
5: Why aren't the other countries uh, struggling with that such as Australia and New Zealand
1: Shane? Well you've got the two best countries in the world that's why they're not struggling with it Well, so they're, they're not, they're not using emotions think- as much is it? now listen you look at um, Australia's game against um, England Stop. okay huge uh, no no England a huge emotional performance the next week against Wales they weren't quite at the same level now they pulled out an unbelievably heroic performance and did well but they weren't quite at the same level they were actually uh, but that was a huge emotional drain on them the way they got through that game and you saw there wasn't a performance level against Scotland as well. Um, I thought we saw a cagey performance by New Zealand against Argentina because of the pressures in the World Cup we saw uh, they have, but then they had this amazing performance against France. Not at the same level at the weekend, but they did enough to get get through, and they're both now in the final. And I suppose that's the difference between them uh, being the best two teams in the world and the rest.
3: What do you think about that theory, Jerry? I agree with it totally. I'm make, making this point, like if you go back a couple of weeks on the final weekend of the pool stages. The big, big games, the big emotional games, the high energy games, the two, the games that the four teams in question had really targeted a pool decider between France and Ireland and Wales, Australia, effectively a pool decider as well. And both went out of hammering tons. France may have been um, atrociously one dimensional, but they were intent on beating up Ireland that day and they succeeded in that. Ireland dug incredibly deep to win. Wales and Australia dug incredibly deep against each other. The following week, um, Wales lost, France lost badly, Ireland lost. And Australia nearly lost to Scotland. I don't think that's a coincidence. It carries on. It is very difficult to back up these huge emotional performances. It goes back years. I mean, each time France beat the All Blacks in the 1999 semi final and the 2007 quarter final, perhaps their two greatest wins in the World Cups, along with the stra- semi final, the inaugural World Cup when they beat um, Australia, what happened? A week later, they lost each time. And it is very difficult to back them up unless you're as good as the New Zealanders are or as good as the Australians are. They are the best two sides in the competition. They're the only two unbeaten sides. So the final has got the work. This brilliant World Cup has got the final it deserves.
5: So, Jerry, do you think it's dangerous to extrapolate too much from Ireland's performance against Argentina? I know we're going back here, but it's reflected in this weekend or what we've just watched last weekend. You know, there's the two years of evidence in Six Nations and then there's that performance against Argentina. Do you think you can read too much into it if, if you both of you agree about this emotional aspect?
3: I think it's very hard to accurately analyse Ireland of all teams, funnily enough, because, as I've said before, if you look at the All Blacks as an example and take the exact same five players out as near as you can, you're taking out Dan Carter, Conrad Smith, Richie McCaw, Jerome Cano and Brodie Retallick. That would be the similar um, weakening of in the All Blacks team. And even the All Blacks might struggle with taking that kind of hit to the five key men. And it was five really influential figures in the Irish team. And Ireland did brilliantly to win without four of them for the entire second half virtually against France the week before. And that then you're compounding what we've just been talking about in terms of also then backing it up, with Madigan only having a short notice that he was starting and, and so forth, a myriad of other factors. I don't think it was a particularly good performance by Ireland, that's for sure. They were surprisingly narrow in defence, um, when it would have been fairly obvious that the Argentina were going to go wide. Uh, I think I'm right in saying that in their last three pool games, both Argentinian winners scored in all three games, but then they had the advantage of having got rid of their big powwow match in their group against the All Blacks first up, and they could, you know, they could um, shuffle their their deck, so to speak, the next three games against Namibia. Daniel Hukade could rest 10 of his starting team, um, and have a, what was a glorified sevens romp in the sunshine at Namibia nine tries to three, and then they really targeted the Ireland game so. It's hard to analyse, hard to judge, really, when you take out so much of the leadership core of that team. It was notable in one instance when Ireland conceded a penalty. I exchanged my seats for touchline seats because I like being down close to the action. And I was watching it with David Walsh, and when Ireland conceded a penalty, uh, they were still reeling from the shock of the opening salvo. It was a bit like Argentina were yesterday, and they conceded a penalty. And in the minute that it took uh, Nicolas Sanchez to take the penalty, I think it was the one where he hit the post, not one Irish player was speaking to each other. There was, there was just no talking at all between the 15 players. I'm just convinced that I had, you know, you, you take out Paul O'Connor particularly and Johnny Sexton, it's hard to believe they would have been that quiet, but they were really, and that's maybe where your leadership comes in as well. So all these factors, you add them in together, yeah, they were narrowing in defence, Yes, they slipped off tackles. They didn't seem to have the intensity required, surprisingly, for a World Cup quarterfinal. I don't know what myriad of factors, but they didn't play well. But then there are a load of reasons as to why they didn't play particularly well. And that was a bloody good Argentinian team who played really well in the day. They've been the success story of this World Cup in many ways. They are. It's about time we paid them the respect they deserve. They're now dining at the top table in the rugby championship. They've got a compare belt of talent coming through to a really good academy system that they only put in place in 2009 20, 22 year old locks, brilliant back rowers, and they are forced for the future. They're here to stay.
5: Shane, any theory as to why New Zealand gets so few injuries?
1: Um, In this World Cup, I don't think they've been massively extended. I think the only time they looked shaky was a little bit against um, Argentina. I think that was almost a, a stress level. Um, you know, Argent, the, sorry, the New Zealanders aren't, aren't supermen. Um, they play the same rugby. They largely do a lot of the tra- same training. If you look at their body composition, um, I know we always talk about the, the might of the New Zealand uh, forward pack and the size, the bodies, but they're actually not as big as as o- other teams, uh, both. In their props and in their second rows, they're quite they're they're lean. Certainly, they're they're big men, but they aren't you know of South African bulk. Um so it, it is a, it's a wonder that they don't have uh, many injuries in this World Cup. But remember last time around in the in the, um, the World Cup in New Zealand, where they went through a a plethora of, of fly halves. So there is an element of luck to this as well. If you notice that. A lot of the injuries that happen now are impact injuries. There's very few you'll see soft soft tissue injuries, and I think the only time that you do see soft tissue injuries um, is is because the levels of stress of players have uh, have been lifted. And I think that you know that may be the case with Johnny Sexton this time round. It certainly was the case, I believe, with Carter last time round. Uh, maybe they're just managing that stress level a little bit better this time,
0: Shane. Something noticeable over the weekend, and this is—it's uh, happened quite a few times in this tournament where a winger, a, d- a winger in a defensive position, has been has been sucked in and has conceded a try. When it looks to the untrained eye that the obvious thing to do um, is is to just stay out and worry about your man out in your wing, uh, is there a particular reason? Is there any theme linking all these things? We saw Boaten Barrett's a try when Peterson came in. A couple of the Argentinian uh, defensive misreads, whatever you call them, created tries for Adam Ashley Cooper, uh, Cuthbert for Wales in that game against South Africa. It seems to have happened quite a few times. Is there any particular reason for that, do you think?
1: Well, i tell you why I think it is. It's because we're playing rugby on a higher level, um, you know, without stating the obvious. You're at the World Cup, you've got players um, who are, uh, at the inside, those passing roles are, have better vision and better able to pick a pass. And very often, uh, wingers, that do that that have that uh, rush defence that are given um, the um, they're given the, the the leeway to make a read and Argentina is a team that's very much um, gives their players individual responsibility when to to make a read and try and snuff out um, a a move but what happens is when they you know very often if you're playing a little bit lower level. Um, you get in the the winger gets in the fly half or the uh, the second uh, the twelve the second five eights eye line. They won't throw that pass, or they'll just look up for a second. It'll be enough to make them nervous. They'll tuck the ball, and we'll see that uh, very often all over the world. Um, you know more so though in the northern hemisphere we see that more a little bit more conservative game uh, play. At this level, in this World Cup, we are seeing players um, at tens or second five eights, or actually, you know, a lot of the receivers who are in uh, at one or two have the capacity to see what's going on and still pick the pass. We've seen them go over the heads. We've seen a real flat one thrown. We've seen sometimes out the back. It's just it's a consequence of just having a better standard uh, of distributor uh, close into the scrum, and um, they're still. Uh, running positive lines so they're still holding the inside but they can they can utilise that wide pass as well and I think we have got a great 10 that can do that as well and Johnny Sexton it's just a pity we didn't get to see a bit more of them doing it Jerry, um,
5: Adam Ashley Cooper scored three tries without being touched was maybe says a lot about the guys who are creating space for others on the Australian team we saw Gitto throw out one beautiful pass Bernard Foley has done it repeatedly in this World Cup their ability to put others in space is probably what sets them apart even from New Zealand
3: um, yeah, I wouldn't. I think one of the features of this World Cup is the advent of ball playing 12. So you've got do- two playmakers on the- a good step in as first receivers. You know, Willie Lou does it as well for South Africa from fullback. I think that's a real strength. Uh, and It gives potentially so much more width to game. And there you had it. The two fly halves, one playing a 10, one playing a 12, both throwing out long skip passes for Adam Ashley Cooper to score untouched. Um, and I think it's just if you have that in your armory, you're just you're you have more more weapons in your quiver. You just can do that more you're more likely to do that. That being said, I don't think the all blacks would readily change man Nanu and Conrad Smith or anybody else in the world. I think Man Nanu is the best number twelve in the world and they probably have the second best number twelve on their bench. And you saw the way Nanu created that try. He stood up, was it um Allende and uh JP Peterson? And um, but he just got like the shall we dance? And he just did his check and checked them both and drew JP Peterson in and, and put a Bowden Barrett over in the corner. And I think you know, there's, there's different ways of skinning a cat. And I wouldn't think the All Blacks would be too ready to swap Nana with anybody else. But one of the features of this World Cup for me has been, you know, double playmakers, if you like. And that can just give you so many more passing options.
0: Yeah, I check I had to fight to get Ghetto in and, and Mitchell as well, Shane. There was certainly Stuart Barnes making a big deal of this yesterday in the TV coverage. Is that... Kind of what you're buying into when you're getting Czech on board, the, and the Australian Rugby Union would, would have probably known that they might have faced these battles, which he's always going to win.
1: Well, there was no battle there. There was no. I'd say, i say that conversation was had before Michael Checker accepted really? um, the role. I've no doubt about that. He, the, what he would have asked for is everything that he needs to win a World Cup, because I know he hasn't said it overtly. Uh, that uh, they want to win the World Cup, and I think I love the way he's dealt with it. Like Czech is just for me; he's just such a hero, and he's uh, he's just held, he carried himself really well. His messaging is brilliant, and Australia have sort of come in below the radar somehow. What do you mean by messa- that, uh, Shane? His what do you me- mean his
0: messaging is brilliant?
1: Yeah, his messaging that um, we're not here. You know, it's not all about winning the World Cup; it's about um, pride in the jersey. Um, being humble performing as well as we can and seeing how far that takes us and it, it seems quite genuine it seems quite genuine but i think you know knowing michael checker he will have you know re- a, such a burning desire to win this world cup because he knows how good his players are he's now one game away from it uh, with, with and a team that seemed to be in incredible form and have a, a brilliant bond and spirit you can see that and um I think he certainly would have told the Australian Union, if you want me for this job, I'm not having an arm behind my back. I want a full armory. I want whoever you know everyone who's available. I want you to back me on it. And he, they've seemed to have done that. Um, they've changed the rules, which I think is you know entirely acceptable and entirely you know for them not to have done it. I think is is very very strange. Um, and they're now it's it's now now reaping the rewards. And I think it might. Uh, shed a light on a couple of other unions and you know some of the some of the um, things they do to hamper their coaches.
5: Yeah, Shane Check has also spoken about the importance to him that the Australian team play in the right way in an entertaining manner, and he spoke that way when he first came to Leinster as well. It's an amazing thing to remain loyal to that ethos right through a World Cup final. It's one thing to do it say at provincial level, but to have it at this stage of of world rugby is incredible.
1: No, it's not actually because. It's not that Checker thinks that he has a duty necessarily to play uh, entertaining rugby. I'm convinced, that and I know his philosophy is that offensive rugby will always beat defensive rugby. And I remember even that was, you know, in 2007, we were coming back from that World Cup, and it was a very defensive World Cup, and that seemed to be the way things were going. And he was adamant that if you play rugby, what he sees is the right way. And I think a lot of people who like watching rugby... Um, think how rugby should be played the right way by moving the ball uh, based on high skill level by, based on challenging yourself and you know as a result, a consequence of that um, you have a very entertaining rugby but I believe it's really ingrained in him um, that offensive rugby will always win out if you play it well enough and if you can play it well enough you can play it to a high enough degree I think if you're an average team um, or for the average players then you might go further with a defensive uh, setup because you can't you don't have the players to execute but if you've got top players, then if you, you can you can execute an offensive game at a very high level. and when that's played as well as can be played, it's uh, it always wins out.
0: Yeah, which is something New Zealand uh, are generally, Uh, advocates of as well Jerry. that that type of uh, style of play but they were a little bit more, I don't know if cagey is the right word in their semi-final certainly there were plenty of up and unders little grubber kicks Dan Carter wasn't maybe taking the ball um, into contact he wasn't looking to create space with those around him to the same extent as he was against France are you expecting in the final a performance more like they gave against France or a slightly tighter affair uh, as in the semi-final?
3: I don't know if it came across particularly well on television or not how horrendously wet those conditions actually were. It, by the end of the game, it felt like midnight in Twickenham. And it wasn't just because it was only people left all black on the pitch and in the stands, but it really was dark and wet. It was, it was unlike conditions anywhere else uh, in the whole tournament. It was basically like Six Nations match, only at a very, very high quality. And they adapted they adapted what South Africa were throwing at them, and they adapted to being 12-7 and down at half time, and a man down by kicking more, playing more territory. And a big factor in their win was Aaron Smith and Dan Carter kicking out a hand better than Fury Dupree and Andre Pollard did. They they basically just kicked down the pitch a bit aimlessly. Smith got kicks in to contest. Carter found angles. Um, the grubbers didn't quite work. They tried eight of them, the diagonal little grubbers in behind, but maybe it had some effect on the South African defence. And it helped them turn the screw, and they did what they had to do to win. I think if con- conditions and the game permit, I think you will see more rugby in this final if there's no rain, because they're, it, neither of them are quite as extreme and as gun ho and as, um, as wild and loose as, and unstructured as the Argentinians are. Uh, they do. They still, after all, don't forget, scored the only two tries of the game, the All Blacks, and two fine tries they were, going through phases, keeping the skill sets very high. McCaw and Nono creating space out wide for, for the try scores at... And that's what won them the match. There have been occasions in the past where, notably in the 1999 final against South Africa, they were faced with a similar kind of defence, and they couldn't find a way through. They still ultimately tries won that semi-final, and their philosophy held firm.
5: Shane Joe Schmidt was on the late late show on Friday night, and he committed to Ireland. You know, he said he's looking forward to the Six Nations. He was absolutely as clear as he could be about his situation with the IRFU. Do, do you think uh, it was important for him to do that?
1: Um, Does it matter? I don't think, Does it I don't matter think he had any other option but to do it. He had to come out and say something. Like it was going to be a question. It's been raised. It's it's been in the papers now. There's been a, a number of articles um, linking him with the English job, So if you're going to go on the Late Late Show, you're not going to be able to go on there on Friday night and not answer the question. And not, I mean, you know, I'm sure he expected the question. Um, if you're going to go on it, you know you're going to be asked, that and you know you have to answer it. So I think. Um, you know whether it was important or not sort of beside the point. You know he obviously chose to answer it. Yeah,
0: fair enough. Listen, Shane, Jerry, brilliant stuff. Thanks, William.
1: Cheers, sure, thank you. That's the question. That's going to be asked, answer tonight. Tonight. So now come here tonight. Tonight into Wexford Park, and they just must produce the goods tonight. Tonight, their team is better set up tonight. Tonight, but they just the bottom line is Michael, they have to do tonight. Tonight. No, I think Hawk have made a massive boo-boo with our matchups. Massive boo-boo. Tonight, tonight,
6: tonight,
0: tonight, tonight, tonight. It's okay, Simon, he's staying. Joe Schmidt, <laughs> he's staying. He's a, I know you've been he got absolutely
5: grilled in that late, late show. Didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he clearly came on with one thing in mind, and that was to... Really communicate the fact that. that he's going to stay. Yeah. As he said, I
0: like the phraseology. He said, well, I've stabbed the rumours a few times and hopefully they will now die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Put it across very well. Just on that point that the lads are making there about the emotion about New Zealand and Australia being in the final because they're, well, because they're the best teams. But part of the reason they're the best teams is they can win without necessarily investing huge emotion in every single game. Whereas we have to, and people have said this quite a lot actually in the last couple of weeks, this idea that, Schmidt actually addressed that in his late, late interview as well, that we nearly focus too much on the France game we gave too much of ourselves and therefore we got injuries and all those sort of things he said he would do the exact same thing again he's no regrets on that I'm cl- I'm inclined to agree with him when he talks about it It's he, what, doesn't, you can't, you couldn't gamble with that France game and then play New Zealand in the quarterfinal no, we would have got, walloped us I really feel have we would have got destroyed yeah. it would
5: have been more humiliating we'd probably feel worse about ourselves now but well
4: we definitely would have felt worse because we would have thrown the France game and then Argentina would have uh, right they might have beaten France but then they probably still would have lost... You know what I mean? Like you, This way, we know how the thing went. The other way, you know... Let's
5: just, hold, know, all never, our, we, let's just
0: hold all our cards we, until the World Cup quarter final.
5: We never threw a shot. New that. Zealand,
4: yeah. Like, I don't... Uh, no, but, I'm not signing up for that one.
5: But if we go along with what... Now, Shane was saying that Australia had been patchy too. They were brilliant against England and Wales and then faltered against Scotland precisely because of this emotional thing. And New Zealand have been patchy too in some games because of that. But uh, I... Like, ultimately, those teams can win when they're playing within themselves. I think because that's the difference. The, because
4: they're the best because
5: teams. Because they're the best teams. But ultimately, we're no closer to figuring out what Ireland's problem is then. If we say we can't play well two games in a row, then we're never going to solve this World Cup thing. Because we'll always need to play well against one team in the in the pool game.
4: Not actually true, though. Uh, in that we well, could To make it to a semi-final. Argentina
0: made it to a semi-final w- with a very generous draw uh, it was actually we used to, had assumed our draw was great because we were getting to build up to France yeah. but in a way you want to play the be- play the best oh game. my god
4: like, we, I, I think we should like, end up writing you know, a full 20,000 word thesis on here are the various theories around the possible ways for Ireland to get to a World Cup semifinal. final at the end of the day we have to show up for a Rugby World Cup quarterfinal and play really well but the the, the theory I think that you're suggesting there is that you play the other main team in your group second or third and then you have a week off between whether you've won or lost or first, that game. I like think, New Zealand or yeah. Argentina I think well first then you're, you're talking about you would be completely undercooked.
0: then we start getting
5: nervous again yeah. all those weeks thinking about the quarterfinal I, I think
0: that's what I'm suggesting Where, if I'm not going to lie my, I think my blood sugar is not great at the moment. <laughs> I, mean, I was handed this thing as part of the finisher's packet it was called a marathon refuel bar what is it? Like? <laughs> it's, it's like not, it's, a lump of bread It's not, it, it kind of is it's like, like a, lump, it's like a really dried out lump of bread I'm sure it's very good for you and I'm sure it does refuel you but when, something, when it, something doesn't even taste acceptable enough you're going to need to some water out. to get that drink. Yeah, exactly wild. yeah so uh, I think we should just rattle on with this um, with this show before <laughs> I collapse here at the Irish Times Second Happens Football Podcast is out now
1: that's yeah they have asked for that really well, you can laugh to walk up. I'm a little bit of an idealist but having said that I want to be like me
3: you don't know what you're talking about. Well, did you know I'd like to it? stay alive for oh, six days I'd, I'd say it to you, not say it well, to now. Know. I'm down Swanfield and we'll see them
6: up what you doing down here. You're joining, man.
2: <laughs> well, Owen, we're going to talk. Uh, well, we have talked about uh, the crisis that continues to involve Jose Mourinho um, and the win for Sunderland against Newcastle in the Northeast. Hour. we also have a bit to talk about Tim Sherwood, who obviously lost his job at Aston Villa, and how the uh, job of manager is kind of quite a different job these days that. Uh, Requires different sort of strengths. Okay. That's that's what we talked about. You weren't here. I wasn't here, no. We was... talked about you as well. <laughs> Did you? Yeah.
0: Oh, no.
4: Well, was it no, path? it was... It was... 60% 65% positive <laughs> It's better can't than you, usual Yeah, can't say fairer than that on. Percentage.
0: I've talked about my old marathon performance enough today It's time to get a proper runner in here Elliot 2 is in studio Elliot, welcome back, how are you? I'm
6: good, I'm doing good
0: Great, we talked <laughs> to you this time last year You won the Dublin Marathon yeah, And yeah. you are running again today uh, Didn't go as well today, 4th place
6: Yeah, yeah, I was, I met 4th place But uh, there's no problem uh, We have to accept it because of the weather.
0: You told us, I remember last year, that you... For a long part of the race, you ran directly behind one of the Ethiopian runners yeah. because he could block the wind from uh, <laughs> from you. Did you try that again this year?
6: Uh, yeah, I tried this year, but uh, you know, I was I was almost the the tallest guy among all those guys, so mm-hmm. I couldn't get the. There was just somebody a line to hide for yeah to hide from somebody. Yeah.
4: yeah, there was a line of guys standing behind you this year. Yeah, <laughs> they, they,
6: heard, they heard your tactics last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, but uh, they were not. The, I was I was behind them. Uh, at most day, most of the time
0: Did you notice a difference this year? Last time you came in, you got your elite bib quite late I think a few days before, you were coming back as champion this year, did you notice the other runners having a different uh, respect for you?
6: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah for sure they know me, they knew me even uh, when we were running, the Ethiopians were talking and seeing me they were watching me, so they know that this guy will be a threat in, uh, when it comes to the finish point
0: Uh, The last time we had you on, Elliot, you told us you were going to go home. You were going to buy more land for your family with the prize money. You were going to help educate your brothers. And then you sent us a lovely video a few months later. And it looks like you've started building a lot of that land.
6: Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, I built it. uh, I built my house. uh, I I also built the house for my parents. And also I buy a piece of land. I buy a motorbike. So life is... Quite uh, changing. Uh,
4: you also bought uh, two cows, uh, Elliot, and you named one after me yeah. and one after uh, Ken Early. And I, I, I can speak for Ken. This was the <laughs> the highest honor that we've ever <laughs> been best- that has ever been bestowed on us, ever been given to us oh. uh, in our lives. So I should ask, how is? Uh, the cow Kiron Murphy is Murphy is, is is she okay
6: they are so nice they are growing well uh, Great. they are producing the some other cows so uh, Mappy, I was happy to mention the men to name them uh, <laughs> after your <anyone else>. names <laughs> are, 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 are
0: they well behaved are they intelligent cows yeah they are so intelligent <laughs> so
4: that's, yeah. that's one of us you, anyway. there's one uh, Murphy out there who's intelligent that's good <laughs>
0: Yeah. I, I did notice that there was no cow named Owen which is my name so hopefully after when you go back this year, you can buy another cow and uh, name it Owen McDevitt and we can, we can all have a cow named after us.
6: Yeah, for sure. I, I, I'll, I'll do it. I, even when I get the money from the, the rest now, I'll buy one <laughs> and then after you. you
0: the, in the video, your mum was in the video and your wife Purity was in the video also. What was their reaction when you arrived home last year with the medal from the Dublin Marathon?
6: Oh, people were so much happy. My parents, my brothers, and uh, my wife, Buritis, they were all uh, happy for for being a champion in Dublin.
0: You mentioned also uh, brothers, younger brothers, I think, who yeah, need to be educated, need to go to a, a good school. Is that something that you're that you've tried to do in the last twelve months?
6: Yeah, I've been doing that. When in fact, uh, I've already I pay for the all here. Uh, that's the all of this year. So I'm going again to pay for him for next year and also the uh, youngest brother also in primary school so I I love to pay for him also because uh, my parents are getting old so it's me, they're, they're all seeing me.
0: The, would you have any advice for me on how to get my time from four hours and five minutes closer to two hours and 16 minutes?
6: Yeah, <laughs> 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 for sure uh, you need to... You need to have a program and train. Uh, train more there than you did this time. Yeah, yeah. that was yeah. his problem. Nobody told me about the training. Yeah. I just, I just thought i
4: Yeah, he no, wasn't. I... <laughs> he wasn't doing training and he wasn't eating well. I've, I've been giving out to him for for months, yeah. telling him that he needs to take this marathon running seriously. But maybe he will listen to you, not me. Hopefully.
6: Hopefully. <laughs> okay, for sure, you need to train well because uh, you cannot. The uh, you cannot run well. Marathon without having a good training. Uh,
0: And just finally, I haven't, uh, in terms of post-race, not preparation, but if I wanted to run next year, what should I do today? Stretches, eat well, or am I allowed to have one night where I can eat terrible food and just enjoy myself?
6: No, no, you need to you need to train a lot and uh, have a lot of exercises uh, that you may lose some weight. <laughs> I can see you have some weight, so you <laughs> have to lose some weight to, so that you may move extremely. Uh, yeah. Elliot, I admire your honesty in your
0: coaching <laughs> tactics and your tips. Listen, great to see you again, and well done on coming coming forth in Dublin. It's another great achievement. I know you wanted to win the race, but top four is very good. So congratulations.
6: Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. We'll see you soon, uh, again.
1: flame hair, flame hair the, flame
3: the hair, truth, Mr. Mr. Ken truth. Ken Mr. Ken Early. Mr. Ken Early. Mr. Ken Every so
2: often, I'm on the bus and I suddenly turn around and bite someone. John Hayes, I'm talking about, I'm John Hayes. Now, I always thought that was ridiculous. He had won the victory over himself. He loved Brendan Rogers.
5: That's where it goes from
2: Thanks a lot,
0: Pepe Fair to say anybody could have managed those guys? No, of course not
3: Let me show you right now before you give it up
0: Oh, well, well, I mean I, I'm feeling as... I'm sitting here I'm after running 26.2 miles mm-hmm. I'm feeling as fit as I've felt in
4: a long time <laughs> and then I get as called fat, as fat well that's what I'm or I fit, sorry. get
0: called fat by one of the well you just need to lose some reasons. of the weight
4: is what you need to do on I mean I think it's quite obvious I should have to stopped asking it. him for tips yeah, like,
0: what, mean, what was I expecting really yeah I mean i you know he could have said that's just stop asking me stupid questions about how you're going to run two hour 16
4: marathon." for a start your body shape and I'm not just <laughs> talking about all of the extra weight you're carrying although that is an issue <laughs> uh, it's your general body shape is completely
2: the sort of foghorn leghorn physique you yeah you're
4: Tiny, puny little legs, Tiny, short, little stocky. legs, and Some would large say torso. Torso. <laughs> Eddie's just calling oh, home. It. Eddie's calling home at the moment, going,
0: "Yeah, it came forth. Well, you know, I, I didn't win, but I'm happy. I'll, I'll be home in a few days." Just got interviewed by this real fat guy in. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Remember those See, fat guys? He actually ran this? the marathon himself. It was amazing. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> I mean,
0: ran run being a loose term. Uh, but the, the cow top. will be named. I will get my cow if that's the yeah. main thing.
4: He waddled around the 26.2 miles of uh, Dublin. To the, I'm sure the, sound, the the soundtrack of laughter yeah. from everyone who saw his portly physique.
0: Thanks very much for all the support, particularly all the second captains' shouts around the course. Uh, uh, they, was there a few? Very yeah, good. They very do good. help an awful lot. I,
4: like,
2: I, I a, can
0: a, seri- a series of particularly the further on you go, and uh, yeah, that's about it from well,
2: this. What's your typical response when you hear that? When you hear say Owen or second captains or something like that, someone I mean, you what say I, you say thanks. You put up a little. Well, when running American or I you, in general, I give the royal wave. It's a wave. It's a, is a wave. Is it a thumbs up? But, but thumbs up, actually. I would. Do you say. look? I don't really.
0: Yeah, of course, I look. Yeah. Are you
2: looking? And do you shout Do you say anything back?
0: I, I think I say thanks. You kind of got to ask the, the people in the crowd this guy. Okay? I'm not really analysing too closely my own reaction to yeah. you know. You just, do you know what I saying?
2: Yeah, I'm yeah. yeah. Just, uh, just no, it's just it's it's, it's obviously. I mean, at what the what do you time, do when you're on the bike? Look, and someone shouts at you. I I don't hear them because I'm listening to headphones. No, I'm not because that would be dangerous. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, I mean, pe- if people are saying you. Know, Congratulations! You know, give it. You know, you're going great, Owen. at are all time, winners. Do you want to just be thanking people all the time? I mean, say you're running along next to someone, and they're kind of like, "Oh, nice of
4: uh, nice of uh, uh, of McDevitt here to share his victory lap with yeah. the rest of us." That's <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All
0: right, I'm going to put on this medal. I'm going to have another crack at this marathon refuel bar because I desperately need to eat something. It's not. It's just. And a, everything's closed. It's a bank holiday Monday, so I can't find any good food. It, it's just what can?
2: It's just a. It's just a. A hunk of stale bread. That's the Marathon refill bar. That's I, a triumph of marketing there, Owen, that they've got you to call it that.
0: I'll, uh, I'll sit on the couch for about half an hour as well.
2: Thanks, Ken. Thank you, Owen. Thanks, Kieran. Thanks, Owen. Thanks, Kenny. Thanks, Kieran. Thanks so much for listening. As as I, that's the second time it's gone off. never go home. They never go home. They never go home. Those. those, those.